Sometimes you gotta dance through the darkness, sing through the fire, praise when it don't make sense. Sometimes you gotta stare down the giant, worship from the lion's den. Sometimes you gotta shout it from the mountain, louder in the valley, trusting that he's gonna get you there. Sometimes you gotta welcome the wonder, wait for the answer, worship with your hands in the air. I'll praise you anywhere. Praise, give him praise, give him praise in the highest. Praise, give him praise, give him praise in the highest. Oh, 
this time we'd like to invite our prayer team to the front if you have a need or a prayer we would love to connect with you we would love to pray and agree with you in jesus name come on let's continue into worship
Father, you truly are holy, God. We are so thankful that we know we can go through life leaving everything at your feet and letting you control everything that is to come, Father. We're so thankful that time and time again you call us, but Lord, I pray that you will never allow us to neglect our relationship with you. That whenever you call us and we begin working for you and doing what you're calling us to do, Lord, that we will continue to remember to cry out, holy, 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 Lord, because you truly are the only way, the only truth, and the only life. No one can get to the Father except through you, Father. So we just embrace that truth here this morning, and we just cry for more of you, Jesus. Lord, we love you so much. Here at Spirit Church, we believe in the power of unity and we believe in the power of prayer. And one of the ways that we practice these two things is by saying the Lord's Prayer together as a family here at Spirit Church. Would you join me in saying that this morning? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen, amen. If you believe God is holy and he's worthy, I think we should give him a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God is for us and not against us, amen. Hey, before you sit down, make sure you turn around to your neighbor, find somebody you don't know, give them a fist bump, get to know them a little bit, and then turn your attention back up here in just a moment. Good morning, Spirit Church. Good to see everyone. We're going to take a few minutes in the service this morning. Pastor Jason and Robin, if you could join me and Pete and Penny on the stage. As many of you know, Pastor Jason has been with us just over two years uh, a couple of weeks ago. And who would have thought two years ago when Pastor Daryl and Faith moved on that we would find another Hall of Fame couple, but we have them, absolutely. And it's amazing that we have them to help us share the love, joy, and peace of Jesus Christ with the least, last, and lost as we move into the next phase of our church. And Pastor Jason, I'm so proud of you from his humble beginnings in a house with no furniture and a camera preaching that day 
to where you are today. Uh, we're just so blessed to have you. And uh, on behalf of the deacon team and the staff, we have a small gift for them that we want to present to them. And as a congregation, if you would like to, we have a basket out on the information table. You can give them a card, tell them how much you appreciate them, all they've done for us. Uh, we are going to ask the ushers to come at this time, and we're going to take up an offering to bless them. And uh, if you'd like to, in the envelope or a check or online giving, you just put pastor appreciation. But can you, one more time, let's tell Pastor Jason and Robin how much we appreciate them. If you will turn your attention to the screen for this uh, morning's announcement. Thank you. Hey everyone, welcome to Spirit Church. I'm Katie and we're so glad to have you today. Whether you're here with us in person or joining us online, we consider you family and would love to connect with you. If you're joining us in person, you can scan this QR code to fill out your connect card or your guest card. And if you're joining us online, you can fill it out at spirit.church connect or spirit.church guest. This is a great way for you to stay connected and for us to serve your family better. If you're new to Spirit Church, welcome. Pastor Jason and Robin would love to meet you after this worship experience in the Welcome Center. They just want to welcome your family, give you a gift, and say thank you for being our guest today. Also, if you're a guest, don't feel any pressure to give, but if you're here and you'd like to, here are three ways you can give. You can use an envelope and place it in either of the kiosks in the commons area. You can give online at our website at spirit.church give, or you can use our church center app. Because of your generosity, we're able to reach families in our community with events like Family Fall Bash. Now I've got a few announcements for you. Our grocery giveaway is this Saturday, October 28th at 10 a.m. Anyone in need can drive through the line in our parking lot and receive a free bag of groceries. If you would like to serve at this event, please contact Danny at spiritchurch.com. Spirit Youth is hosting a bake auction Monday, November the 6th at 7 p.m. All the proceeds will support Speed the Light and their project to build a youth sports facility. If you're new to Spirit Church, you're invited to New People Party next Sunday after the 11 o'clock service. Meet our staff, learn more about our church, and enjoy a free lunch on us. If you'd like to attend, please sign up at our website at spirit.church slash sign up. Spirit Church, we love you. Thanks for listening. Now let's welcome Pastor Jason Fullerton as he continues the message series, Roller Coaster. Thank you. Thanks so much for your kindness to our family. Thank you for loving us and to our deacon team that we get to serve with and the staff that we're honored to serve with and for you being amazing and loving us. Thank you so much. And just for, that's from Robin and I. For me personally, thank you for loving my family. Thank you so much for loving my family. I can't tell you how much that means to me and how great it is to know that my family's taken care of and that my family's loved and Appreciate you loving my family. Let me not belabor that point. Uh, as you saw Katie say so well on the screen, we are doing a grocery giveaway on Saturday, and I'm wearing Cullen, my Convoy of Hope socks this morning to represent, because they're our strategic partner that's coming. Uh, three ways you can help us. Tuesday at 9 a.m., Tuesday at 9 a.m., we're going to start bagging the groceries up.
Saturday at 9 a.m., we're asking for the volunteers to be here because typically we back all of Madison up all the way to Noada and sometimes through the light and people, for whatever reason, don't like that. So we need to be here early to get everything strategically ready, and we might even start handing out groceries early, especially if we're backed up. And then the third way is get this word out. It's on our social media. Share this. Let people that are in need know about it so that they know that there is some help that's available to them, and we just want to be a blessing to our community. Second, we want to talk to you about an event called Love and Lumberjacks. This is the first time that I have announced this, but this is an event for all married couples of all ages we're having what we call love and lumberjacks which means we want you to dress up in flannel like a lumberjack don't bring your axe though okay even if you refer to your wife as your axe don't bring your axe just come wearing your flannel it's going to be a great event for married couples we know that the holidays are approaching and we know that that's a time for stress on marriages so we want to get ahead of it and we want to have an event where we talk about sometimes we can't see the forest for the trees and what are those trees that get put in our lives that sometimes we have to deal with so that we can see all that God is trying to do. It's an hour and a half. It's November 10th. That's a Friday from 7 to 8.30 p.m. As an added bonus, we're going to do free child care for birth through fifth grade if you are SVP for child care. Okay, because they told me I had to make that part really clear. So RSVP for child care so we know that your kids are coming. We want to be a blessing to your family. We want to help. We believe in godly, healthy relationships. Last thing I want to say, and then we're going to get into the, uh, the message this morning. Keep praying for Israel. Keep praying for that nation. Keep praying for the Middle East. Keep praying for that region. You say, how do we pray? Well, the Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Israel. That's the first thing it tells us. So we're going to pray for the peace of Israel. Second, we're going to pray for those who are making decisions. Because soldiers are under authority. And so they're under the authority of the people who are making decisions. So we're praying for people who make decisions. Third, and this is the one I've been pushing all three weeks that this conflict has been going on. Pray for salvation. Pray that people on both sides would get saved. There are Jewish people who have not accepted that Jesus is the Messiah. And there are Palestinian Muslim people who have not accepted that Jesus is the Messiah. If people would fall in love with Jesus, this situation would take care of itself. That's not a political statement. That's a biblical statement. So we're going to pray that that would happen. Before we pray over that, let me just say this. Last week, we took an offering for Israel, a special offering. And I want to thank you for that. You gave over $16,000 last Sunday. And here's what we did. Laura, our business administrator, when the offering was done being processed, she gave me the number. I called, I actually texted Jim King, Pastor Jim King, Awaking Hope Ministries, who we sent the money to because he has all the connections in Israel and we already support him every month. Agape supports him every month. They have a food ministry there, just like what Agape does here in Bartlesville. I texted him, hey, Pastor Jim, we're sending 16000 The money's coming right now. Like, we're, we're credit card, we're paying it right now today. It'll be in your account. I mean, I had set my phone down, and it rings with Jim King's name on it. He says, you're not going to believe how God works. I said, what's going on? He said, I just promised some poor farmers in Jericho that I would send them $14,000, and then Spirit Church steps up with $16,000 that we didn't have to meet the need that is there. So it's amazing how God works. Thank you so much for doing that. All right, if you're able, would you please stand to your feet? Psalm chapter 18, verse 25. It's our in the vault text. 
Next Sunday will be quotation station. So if you haven't memorized this verse, you've got the rest of this week. Get this verse memorized. Get it in your spirit, not just so that you can get the reward, not just so that you can be incentivized, but because God's word is living and active and powerful. It changes us. It shapes us. It molds us into his image. So we want as much word in us as we can get. Psalm 1825, let's say it together. One, two, three. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show integrity. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the crooked, you show yourself shrewd. You rescue the humble, but you humiliate the proud. You light a lamp for me. The Lord my God lights up my darkness. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. Look at the next to the last phrase there. In your strength, I can crush an army. Just hold on to that for just a moment. And at the end of the message, you're going to see why that phrase is so important. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for Israel. I want to also ask you, please pray for Pastor Grant. Many of you know that, that Gabby, his wife's mom, is battling cancer. But his grandfather has also been battling cancer. And he went to heaven on Friday. So Pastor Grant and Gabby are with their family today. Pastor Grant is going to preach his first funeral on Tuesday, and it's his grandfather's funeral. So he'll need the grace and strength that the Lord can give him. So Father, we thank you today that you're with Grant and Gabby during this time. We just pray strength and comfort and mercy would be new to them every morning. Remind them of your faithfulness and that you are an ever-present help in time of need. We pray for those in Israel. We pray for the Christians, the body of Christ that is there. Not just would you keep them safe, but would they be a light. That's what the Bible even says in Isaiah, that Israel will be a light unto the nations. And we speak that over them. We pray for peace in this conflict, for it to come to an end without any more loss of life. We pray for those who are making decisions, that they would be directed by yours. The, the Bible says that the, 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 the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord, and you direct his heart. The, the King James says like a water course, Lord. And so would you order those who are in positions of authority and direct their thinking and give them wisdom. But most importantly, would salvation come to everyone in that region? Your, your word says that you desire that none should perish, but that all should have eternal life through Christ Jesus. And we pray that would happen. Today, would your word be anointed and illuminated by the power of the Holy Spirit? Would my voice not be heard, but would you speak clearly to us? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated this morning. Now, if you have your, your Bible, your hard copy, or if you have your phone, would you pull up Judges chapter 7? We're going to spend most of our morning in Judges chapter 7. We're on message number three of Gideon's roller coaster life, and we're going to talk about the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows that Gideon has experienced. Now, before we go any further, let me just backtrack for a second and get us all caught up. Who was Gideon? Well, Gideon was an Israelite, and these are God's people, but God's people had been disobedient to the Lord, and they worshiped false gods. And because they were worshiping false gods, the Lord allowed the Midianites to come in and overtake them. But God said to Gideon, I'm going to use you to rescue your people. Even though your people are sinful, they've called out to me for help. I'm going to use you to rescue them from the oppression of the Midianites. And Gideon says, I'm too small. I'm too little. My family's weak. I can't do it. And God says, no, I'm, I'm going to use you. The Midianites have been trapping the Israelites. They've been stealing all their food at harvest time, so they were starving them to death. They'd been stealing all their resources, so they had no way to take care of themselves or provide. You'll remember when we first saw Gideon in Judges chapter 6, 
He was hiding out below the surface of the ground in a wine press, and he was threshing wheat, hoping that it wasn't stolen so that he would at least have something to eat. And so the first roller coaster ride was the roller coaster of doubt when Gideon said to the Lord, I'm too small and this can't be done. And the last roller coaster ride was the roller coaster of faith where Gideon said to the Lord, I need to be sure that you are who you say you are and that you can do what you say you can do. And you'll remember that the last time he, he laid out a fleece before the Lord, and it's in Judges chapter 6 and verse number 40 where he had asked for this miracle. And the Bible tells us that God did what Gideon asked, that in the morning the fleece was dry, but the ground around it was covered with dew. And after this second miraculous sign, because God had done it the opposite way just before, Gideon is assured that God is with him, and he tells his men, saddle up, it's time to go, we're going into battle. And on their way to the battlefield, God says to Gideon, you have too many men to do this. Now, I just wish they would have added a line with Gideon's perspective in the Bible, where he would have gone, are you, are you crazy? <laughs> but Judges 7.3, God says, there's too many, therefore tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave the mountain and go home. So, 22,000. I'll read it fast so it doesn't sound like as many. 22,000. That's still a lot of people. 22,000 leave and go home, and there's only 10,000 people who are willing to fight. So here's Gideon. He's got 10,000 men, and he's against the Midianite army. Judges 7.12 tells us that it's actually not just the Midianite army. There's three different forces that have allied together against them. It's the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the people of the east had settled. And here's how they counted them. They were like a swarm of locusts and grains of sand on the seashore. They were too many to count. So tomorrow morning when I receive the attendance report from this service, they're going to say, too many to count, right? I mean, there's so many people that were there versus Gideon and his 10,000 men. So there's the battle, 10,000 versus swarms that can't be counted. But go to Judges 7, verse 4. The Lord told Gideon, there are still too many. And again, I want, I want to hear what Gideon said. Like, no, there's too many of them, not of us, God. There's too many of them. But God says, bring them to the spring. I will test them. I'll determine who will go with you and who will not. So they go to the spring, and God had, them, had Gideon divide the men into two groups. One group was the men who would cup the water in their hands and drink it out like this, and the other group was the group that would lay down on the ground and stick their face into the spring of water. So Judges 7, verse 6 tells us what happened. It says, Only 300 of the men drank from their hands, and all the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. And the Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you, and I will give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. Now, I don't know about you, but this is a time for fear. If you're going to be afraid, this is the time to be afraid when it's 300 verses too many to count. Judges chapter 7, verse 9. This is like my favorite part of the story, and we miss this part of the story sometimes. That night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up. Go down to the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. And then there's some highlighted parts I put in here for you. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura. Listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you'll be greatly encouraged. Then you'll be eager to attack. So Gideon took Pura. He's kind of like, yep, I'm scared. Now, again, the part of the story that I want to hear is Pura's side of the story. When Gideon goes to him and goes, hey, buddy, guess what we're doing tonight? 
we're going to hike down to the enemy's camp and we're going to go listen to what they have to say. And he said, are you serious? We're about to do what? And so he takes Pura, his servant, and he goes down. Verse 13, Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. The man said, in this dream I had, a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent and it turned over and it knocked it flat. And his companion answered, your dream can only mean one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all of its allies. And the first question we have to ask ourselves, is this the barley bread like the one they serve at Cheesecake Factory? <laughs> or is that a different, the brown bread? The, oh, so good. Beside the point, why barley bread? Well, do you remember when we found Gideon, what was he doing? He was threshing wheat to make bread. In an agricultural, agrarian society, barley bread or wheat was a symbol of Israel. These poor farming people that God would make them into a loaf of bread, not just a loaf of bread, but a loaf of bread that would tumble down the hill and a loaf of bread that would flip over tents and completely destroy the Midianites. That God would take something small and something insignificant, something that most people would consider just like an appetizer or a starter to a meal, and God would use that to accomplish something spectacular. So verse 15, when Gideon hears the dream and hears the interpretation, he bows down in worship to the Lord and then he returns to the camp of the Israelites and he shouts to his men, get up for the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. He divides his 300 men into three groups. He gives, gives each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch after it. Let's go to the next part of the story, Judges chapter 7, verses 19 and 20. It was just after midnight. It was the changing of the guard when Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly, they blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right hands, and they all shouted, A sword for the Lord and... For Gideon, I want to take you quickly to the very next verse, verse 21, Judges chapter 7, on the screens, on your phone, in your Bible, and I want you to see this first phrase, each man stood at his position around the camp. This is another phrase that has become really key in just a moment, but take note of that phrase, each man stood at his position and watched as the Midianites rushed around in a panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew the ram's horns, the Lord caused. Let me read that again. The Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. Wow. Take a breath. What a story. That we get a guy who's scared, hiding, and now he's the champion of Israel who delivers his people, empowered by God, and leads them to victory. Now, Along the way, he rode a roller coaster of fear. And like any good roller coaster, it had ups and downs and, and loops and thrills and turns. But I want to ask you a question about the roller coasters that you have been on. And you don't have to answer out loud. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to point. You don't have to acknowledge. But have you ever been afraid? Have you ever been on a roller coaster of fear? You see, sometimes life places us on roller coasters that we never intended to ride. And one of those roller coasters that we don't like to be on is the roller coaster of fear. And maybe you're struggling with fear. Maybe you have the fear of failure. Maybe your fear is rejection. 
Maybe your fear is that you're going to lose control. Maybe you have the fear of death or the fear of sickness or the fear of pain. Maybe you're struggling with the fear of insufficiency, that you're not going to be good enough, or the fear of ineffectiveness, that you're not going to have what it takes to make it. Maybe you have fear about the future, that you don't know what is coming or what to expect. Or maybe you have the fear of isolation or the fear of loneliness or the fear of insignificance. What I'm about to say is not on the screen, but I need you to take note of it nonetheless. Satan uses fear to manipulate us. Let me say it again in case some of you are trying to write it down. Satan uses fear to manipulate us. And here's how it works. He tries to get us to do something or not to do something because we're afraid. He uses fear to draw us away from the Lord, to take our focus off of God. Satan uses fear because fear causes us to turn inward and to look at our inability to handle the situation that we're facing. And what fear does oftentimes is fear causes us to behave irrationally and it creates unnecessary anxiety in our minds. This also is not on the screen, but I need you to lean into this point that God's word tells us that though we will experience fear, he will be with us. And I want to show you this from Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. God's word says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. See, the Bible acknowledges we will have moments of fear, but we know that when we have fear, we have a God who is greater than our fear. Many of us grew up memorizing Psalm 23. It says in the New Living Translation, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. And I remember as a little boy memorizing the 23rd Psalm, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid. I will fear no evil for you are with me. What a powerful truth. And we see how Gideon encountered and experienced fear. How could he not? I mean, even at the start, it was 32,000 to unable to number, to, to swarms of people, but he, at the at the height of the battle, it was three hundred versus more than they could count. But he overcame fear, and just like Gideon overcame fear, we too can overcome the fear that we experience. I'm going to show you, based on his story, based on the Word of God, five ways that we can overcome fear. Here's number one: narrow your circle. How do you overcome fear? You narrow your circle. Again, he started with thirty-two thousand. It was winnowed down to 300 people. The Lord said, and with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send everyone else home. And that last part of that verse is sometimes prophetic for you and I. When we are going through fear, we need to send everyone else home. Because there are what I like to call bandwagon friends that hop on in our lives that shouldn't be there. And rather than help us overcome fear, they like to pile on and add to the fear that we are going through. Rather than speaking encouragement and life and truth from the word of God, they like to magnify the fear that we are facing. You, you know, and don't point it out if they're sitting next to you, but those people that go, oh yeah, you ought to freak out right now. Oh, this is real bad. Oh, this is terrible. This is horrible. Look, I don't want those people. Those of you who know me, I am not a negative person. So if you're a negative person, I'm probably like, hey, how you doing? And going the other way because I just don't, I don't do negativity in my life. And, and for me, and I'm just going to be real quick with this because I took too long in the first service, but for me, the person that gets in my inner circle more than, more than others and that speaks to me in my moments of fear is S-A-T-A-N. 
That's spelled Satan. Okay, she, yeah. But I, I let him start whispering far too much. Can't do it. You're not qualified. You're never going to be Daryl Wooten. Well, guess what? Daryl Wooten told me one time that God didn't call me to be Daryl Wooten. He called me to be Jason Fullerton and to be like Jesus. And I love him, and I want to be like him, but I want to be like him because he's being like Jesus. And so what the enemy is trying to do is tell me, you're never going to get this church where it's going to go. God, I'm never, God's never going to use you in the way that you're supposed to be used. You know what the word of God says? The Lord rebuke you, Satan. And just like Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan, sometimes I got to say, you know what? You're out of the inner circle. You can't speak anymore into me. I'm not listening to you. I'm turning the channel. I'm, I'm tuning you out. You have no authority in my life. I'm narrowing my circle to only those who are with God and with me. And we look at Gideon's circle being narrowed, and we look at that as a disadvantage. But when you read the passage, God says, tell anyone who doesn't want to be here or anyone who's afraid that they can leave narrowing the circle <laughs> and we got to do that when we encounter fear because there are going to be people who don't want to be here and people who are afraid and you know what my God is greater than my fear and so if you're going to be afraid go find somebody else's circle and talk into their life but you're not going to have voice in my circle and here's why because the second way that I overcome fear is be encouraged it's be encouraged and we see that from Gideon's story you'll remember he takes his servant now he's scared to do it by himself so he grabs his servant Pura he sneaks down into the Midianite camp and he hears what they're talking about God says you're going to hear it and you're going to be in greatly encouraged when you hear what they're saying now do you remember in the Old Testament where God made a donkey talk yeah and he still does that today because I'm on the stage right God can use anyone to speak to us, right? And God was actually instructing the Midianites to speak, and Gideon was hearing words from the Midianites as if they were God. Now, this is powerful that God could use them. God was tuning, or Gideon, excuse me, was tuning into God's voice coming through Midianite warriors, and what he was hearing from them was encouraging him and freaking them out. God's voice was telling him that the impossible thing was going to be made possible, that he needed to be encouraged. And I love that word, encouraged, because the word encourage, according to the dictionary, is to give support, confidence, or hope to someone or to something. If there's anything we need more of today, it's confidence, hope, and support. Because we get plenty of the other stuff in our lives through various methods and means and medias. We need more confidence, hope, and support. Here's what God's word tells us in Psalm 31, verse 23. Love the Lord, all you godly ones, for the Lord protects those who are loyal to him, but he harshly punishes the arrogant. So be strong and be courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. You're going to have fear. You're going to go through times where that anxiety wants to set in. But rather than freaking out and burying my head in the ground, what do I do? I put my trust in the Lord and I take courage from him and from what he says about me. And how can I be encouraged? It goes back to what we said at the start. Narrow the circle. Narrow the circle. Who's allowed to speak into my life? Rather than stick my head into the ground, I take courage from the word of God. I tune into his voice and to, to the scripture and to his nature. And maybe God's not going to give my enemy about a dream about me where he sees me as a loaf of barley bread, but he has given me my, his word, and his word is speaking. It's always encouraging. And so what you have to do is you've got to find a vo verse that speaks to you. Now, now hear me on this. The enemy's going to bring the fear, right? He's going to put stuff in your situation. And a lot of times we don't go find fear. Fear finds us. 
It's not like, I'm looking around for something to be afraid of. Right? You just walk outside and there's a snake on the ground. Right? You know, it's just how fear works. But God gives us his word to combat the fear. You've got to go in and find a verse that speaks to you and speaks to your situation. And rather than standing on your fear, you stand on the promise of God in the midst of your fear. Because Isaiah 55 says his word will not return void. Here's one of my favorites. It's not on the screen, but Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6 tells us this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified, for the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. So when I'm encountering fear and when it comes out of nowhere, I'm strong and courageous, not because of my ability to get myself through the fear, but because my God said he's never going to leave me and he's never going to forsake me. Whatever the enemy wants to bring my way, it's okay because he who is within me is greater than he who is in the world. That's another scripture that I can stand on. No weapon that is formed against me will prosper. That's another scripture that I can stand on. He says that he's causing us to triumph, that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's another verse that we can stand on in the midst of our fear. We've got to be encouraged, but our courage has to come from what he says, not what the enemy says. Third way that we can overcome fear is worship through fear. And you know, the the guy who used to be a worship leader, I love to talk about worshiping, but you'll remember that Gideon and his servants sneak into camp. They hear the dream, and they're like, oh boy, it's game on. God has already done this for us. And what's the first thing that he does before he goes back to camp? He bows to worship the Lord. The Bible tells us that then he goes back to the camp and tells his men, come on, let's go. But the first thing that he does is he bows down to worship the Lord. Now, I'm sure there was probably still a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety, because you still got to go execute. There's got to be a battle that's there. But Gideon wasn't as scared as he once was, yet he chose to worship God. And so there's still a little bit of fear, but I'm going to worship God. And this isn't something new in Gideon's life. If you'll remember, we talked about it in Judges chapter 6, when the angel first approaches Gideon. Gideon brings him a sacrifice. He brings some, some broth or stew made from a goat, and he prepared uh, some flour into some bread. And the angel said, set it here on the rock, present it as a sacrifice. And Gideon does that. The angel of the Lord takes a stick and touches the sacrifice, and fire falls from heaven and consumes the sacrifice. Immediately following that, Gideon runs, and he builds an altar to the Lord right there. They name the altar, the Lord is peace, and he worshiped the Lord right there. So it was already his culture, it was already his DNA, it was already in his nature to worship God. And I love how we see that even in the midst of his fear, even in the midst of the battle that was about to break out, he stops to worship God first. What a powerful principle for you and I, because the best thing that we can do when we're scared is worship. It's not scream, it's not run around and freak out, it's not post on Facebook. I'm nervous, I'm scared, it's worship. And, and this morning, you're a part of a worshiping church. <laughs> what a powerful time of worship that we already experienced. You know what I was thinking just a minute ago, we're worshiping, this is kind of what heaven's gonna be like. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. And you know, the, the other uh, worship experiences, I may or may not do this, but just forget that I'm even preaching for a second. Would you just tell the Lord holy? Come on, let's just tell him that. Holy, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy is your name, God, all of your character. You are so holy and so worthy and so righteous. You're so amazing, Lord. You're beyond our comprehension. 
Lord, you're holy. We thank you for your goodness. We praise you. We worship you this morning. We don't worship you just in bad times. We don't worship you just in good times. We worship you all the time. There's always a good time to worship the Lord when we feel like it and when we don't. We worship you, Jesus. Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. Amen. See, we can do that just at the... At the just like that. Just we can begin to worship the Lord. The band didn't have to come up and play. Nobody had to start singing a note. We just begin to express worship unto the Lord. And especially in moments when we're afraid is the time that we need to worship the Lord. And we can worship him through our songs and through our music. But you know another way that we can worship the Lord? And, and it's, it's going to hurt, but it's through our giving. And if you're not a tither, if you're not giving, I encourage you to give because that's just saying, Lord, I trust you. I trust you, God. I might be afraid. I might be scared. I might be nervous of what I'm going through, but I'm still trusting you that you're my source. I'm putting you first in all aspects and all areas of my life. Another way that you can worship the Lord is through serving. Might hurt too, but you know what serving does? It takes the attention off of me. It takes the attention off of my fear, off of my circumstance, off of my worry, off of my anxiety. Man, I encourage you, get involved. If you're living and breathing, we'll find a place for you to serve. And, and probably if you're just breathing, we'll find a place for you to serve. I mean, we just, we'll just go with that one. But there's a place for you. I mean, you're a musician. You could be a kids ministry worker. You could serve in the cafe. You could be one of our media team members. If the grass would ever quit growing, we need green team members. I mean, we have a place where you can get involved and you can serve. And again, don't serve for this church's benefit. Serve because of what it does in you. It's an opportunity for you to mature and to grow and, and, to, and to use your gifts for God's glory. And also, it's an opportunity to kick fear in the face. And say, you know what? God is bigger than my fear. And rather than concentrate and focus and dwell on the things that I'm afraid of, I'm going to go serve somebody who might be hurting worse than me. So we worship through our fear. Let me just share this last thing and we'll go to number four. Worship takes the attention from your fear and assigns the focus to Jesus. That's where it's supposed to be. Okay, tell your neighbor, I hope he finishes soon. Nobody said that, Denzel. I thought more would. Narrow the circle. Be encouraged. Worship through your fear. Number four, always acknowledge God. Always acknowledge God. So they get to the battle, and they've got their, their, their torches. They've just cracked the clay pots. They've got their torches, and they've got their, their horns. They might, be, they might be shofars, the ram's horns, but they've got those that they're ready to blow. And look at the first thing that they say, a sword for the Lord. They didn't shout, go rangers, which we need help tonight. Please pray. It's about 7 o'clock. They didn't shout, go cowboys. They always need help. <laughs> what did they shout? A sword for the Lord. They acknowledged that if this were to happen, only God could do it. And sometimes in our life, God allows us to be in fearful situations where we have to rely only on him. Last week, if you were here, you heard JT and Rachel and their story of the civil war that broke out in Sudan and how JT got trapped and when the American embassy was evacuated and he was left there, only God was able to deliver him from Sudan. Only God was able to bring restoration for their family in that situation. But a lot of times, if we're being honest with ourselves, we don't like the only God situations. We're afraid of those. Especially those of us in the room who are independent. 
Because what do we like to do? We like to work our way through it. We like to fight our way through it. We like to rescue ourselves. We're going to press through. We're going to make it happen. And sometimes God puts us in situations where he says, you can't make it happen. You've got to learn to trust me. You've got to learn to acknowledge me that I am your source. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. It hangs on the wall in my office. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Even in my fear, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. In the midst of our fear, we acknowledge the presence of Jesus. Doesn't mean we're not afraid. Just means that Jesus is right there with us. I love this week. This is my, my Bible reading on my Bible plan. I'm in the book of Daniel, which is just phenomenal. And, and I love how they throw the three Hebrew boys into the fire and the fire is so hot that it's even burning up the people that are trying to throw them in and the king looks out and says hold on a second we put three in there but there's four we threw three guys in there now there's four and and the fourth one looks like he might be the son of god that's in there when, when you're in the fire and when you're faced with fear just know that your god is facing the fear with you he's gone before you he's not standing outside of the blaze going well just hold on send you a water bottle no, he's in the fire with you. Acknowledge the presence of God even in the midst of your fear. Here's the last one. How to overcome fear. Allow God to fight for you. And this is powerful that we see coming out of Gideon's story here. And again, I told you earlier, I want you to hold on to this phrase. In Judges chapter 7, verse 21, they, they've cracked the pots. They're shouting a sword for the Lord and a sword for Gideon. But notice they don't approach the battlefield. Look what they do. Each man stood you don't you know the, the, what that word means in the original language? Stood. This means they stood there. That's literally what they did. They stood in their position around the camp and they watched. This is what I love because nobody else's God can do this, but our God can. He can cause that when we are faced with fear and an enemy that vastly outnumbers is wanting us to take more of what we have, he says, watch this. Stand back and watch. Look what I'm going to do for you because you have acknowledged me, because you have narrowed the circle, because you've encouraged, because you've worshipped through fear. They watched as the Midianite army rushed around in panic, shouting as they ran to escape. The 300 Israelites blew their horns, and the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other. The Israelites didn't even have to fight and see, when, when you and I, when we're afraid, we do one of three things typically. This is what research, research tells us. We, we fight, we flight, or we freeze. But those are responses that we do in our strength or in our own power. What's happening oftentimes is that God is fighting or will keep fighting for us, and he's causing our enemies to fight against ourselves, and we don't even realize the way in which he's working. I'll show you one of my favorite verses that illustrates this. This is Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28 starts with, if you will fully obey the Lord, if you will keep his commandments, if you will walk in his ways, and then it lists promises that are for us who fully obey the Lord. And one of them is this right here. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. Uh, this part, you can't, I mean, I know you're already shouting, but... They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven directions. I mean, come on. 
though we are faced with fear, the Lord will cause our enemies that come at us to scatter from us. Our responsibility is that in the midst of our fear, we have to recognize God's activity. Sometimes, again, we try to do it. We try to make it happen. And, and, and God's saying, wait, stop. I'm doing this for you. I, I told you about the in the vault text. I told you to remember that phrase. It's not on the screen for you, but the last, next to last line says, in your strength, I can crush an army. And that's exactly what Gideon did in God's strength, not in Gideon's strength. He went from, I'm too small, my tribe's too weak, to all of a sudden, 300 verses, vast numbers, and God did it for them. One more verse, again, not on the screen. Psalm 46, it's just a favorite of mine. Psalm 4610, be still and know that I'm God. Boy, that speaks to me all the time because I'm not good at being still, right? I'm good at rushing around and losing my mind and freaking out. God says, be still, be still. So we're gonna do that this morning. We've been closing these messages, messages and maybe even before this message series by just asking a simple question, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? And I wanna invite you, would you just bow your head right where you are? Nobody's looking around. When you just make that a prayer, I'm gonna be quiet for about 45 seconds or so. And let's just invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Just ask him, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? your head is bowed this morning and you're just contemplating that question and allowing the Lord to speak to you, I want to ask you a question. Are you on the roller coaster of fear? And some of you are probably saying, yeah, you got it. Definitely. That's right what I'm riding right now. I am strapped in, screaming and hollering the whole way because I don't want to be here, but I am on the roller coaster of fear. If you're on the roller coaster of fear this morning, the first thing you need to do is reach out to Jesus. And if you have never said yes to Jesus and you've never made him the Lord of your life, that's the only way you're going to get through. That's the first step. There are more. We're going to talk about that in a second. But the first step, the starting point is to say yes to Jesus. So if you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus, or maybe you used to be walking with the Lord, but for whatever reason, you've made some decisions, you've moved away from him, you just, you're just not living, and you know, because the Holy Spirit's dealing you through right now, you're not living the life that you're supposed to be living before the Lord. Let, let's get that taken care of right now. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you and pray for you. If you say, hey, that's me. I'm saying yes to Jesus today. Would you just simply slip up a hand and try to make eye contact with me so that I know where you are and I'm praying for thank you for hands that are already going up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for people that are already lifting hands. There's a lot of courage in this room. If you're watching online, you can just put the word yes in your text box and let us know. That's your way of lifting your hand. Thank you for those who have been courageous this morning. I've seen several hands that have gone up, and you can put those down. Thank you. We remember it's, it's not the numbers. It's the story. It's always about the story of what God is doing in your heart and your life. Now, here's what the Bible says for those that just lifted their hands, or maybe you said, man, I should have lifted my hand. And, 
I really feel compelled by this. The Bible says this, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. When you lifted your hand, you said, I believe. That was your declaration of your belief. But there's a confession. There's, you got to speak this out. And this is just one of many prayers that you're going to pray. But I'm going to invite everybody. And, and I, don't even, I don't even know how many hands there were, but there were several, maybe five, maybe more than that. Um, that were lifted. So I want everybody, you're watching online, listening on the radio, you're here in the house, I want us all to pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry that I have sinned and lived a life that was not pleasing to you. Today I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me more like you. And I will do my best to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, I want to invite you, if you would, would you stand to your feet all across this building if you're able? If you said yes to Jesus just then, we're going to put the number up. I want you to take time to text the word yes. Just to 918-766-9117. Just text yes to Jesus so that we know about your decision. We want to help you because we want you to get baptized in water. We want to help you because we want to put resources in your hand. But let me tell you this. Just saying yes to Jesus doesn't mean the fear is going to go away. So again, I want to ask you, are you on the roller coaster of fear? And if you are and you've said yes to Jesus, that's the perfect starting point. But I want to offer us a practical second step this morning. And this is going to be done in many ways. I want you to do it in whatever way is most comfortable for you. In a moment, we're going to bow our heads just so it's a little more intimate for you. And if you are on the roller coaster of fear, this is what I did in the last service. I just surrendered that fear symbolically to God. And then what I ask is, would you just identify it? Just say, Lord, I'm scared of failure. Lord, I'm, I'm afraid of the future. Lord, my fear is rejection. Whatever it is, just give your fear to the Lord and thank him that he is helping you to overcome your fear. And then acknowledge that he is the one who's making it happen. That's exactly what we talked about this morning. So would you bow your heads? And if you're struggling with fear, if you're on a roller coaster of fear this morning, whatever it might be, maybe it's a fear I didn't even talk about, but it's something you've been dealing with in whatever way is easiest or most comfortable for you right now, just surrender it to him. Just release it. Just acknowledge it. Say, Jesus, you know that I'm afraid of this, but you're greater than my fear. You're bigger than my doubt and my worry. And I release it to you. Lord, the financial fear that I've been struggling with, that we're not going to have enough. I can't worry about it anymore. I give it up to you. That fear of failing or being rejected, I can't live like that. I surrender that fear to you. That fear that I'm insignificant or I'm insufficient or that I'm isolated, I give it to you, Lord. I give you my fear. Now, I want everybody, not just those who are surrendering fear, but everybody, would you just say in whatever way is best for you, Jesus, I trust you trust you because that's the antidote to fear is trusting Jesus he's he's the source he, he allows confidence and faith to rise up and come on tell him this morning my trust is in you my trust is in you and then can we thank him and praise him that he gives us a reason to trust Lord Jesus we lift our voices and our hearts and our hands to you this morning we acknowledge your work and activity in our lives and we trust you Jesus you're worthy of our trust Man, what an incredibly challenging message this morning, amen. Hey, 
so thankful for Pastor Jason's leadership. Let's give him a round of applause one last time. Show him how grateful we are for him on this Sunday. Hey, a few things before we go. I just want to remind you, if you have any kids that are looking to be involved in some kind of discipleship program, I really want to encourage you, bring them tonight and make sure they're plugged in at Awanas or at our youth group because we have some incredible things going on. Tonight for youth, we have a ministry team coming in from Evangel University up in Springfield to minister to our students, and there's going to be pizza rolls, okay? I found out that pizza rolls are better than pizza, all right? I don't know what it is, but Next Generation loves them. So make sure your kids come and hang out with us tonight. But hey, I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over us all as we leave today, if you'll raise your hands towards heaven. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go with God this week.